0: Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we're studying the book of Acts, chapter 17, and Pastor Ryan is joining us live this afternoon with a message for our listeners about some upcoming events. Hey guys, this is
1: Pastor Ryan Hussein with Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills in Banning. I just wanted to invite you out to our Good Friday service on April 2nd at 7 p.m. and to our Easter service on Sunday, April 4th at 10 a.m. Join us as we celebrate the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I sure look forward to seeing you there. God bless and take care. Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious, for I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship. I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you This is one of my, you know, one of the most brilliant, I believe, sermons of Paul the Apostle's ministry, that he would be so discerning to the Holy Spirit, like I said, like he's sitting surrounded in this, in man's eyes, this glorious architecture, glorious philosophy, and philosophers, and democracy was born there, guys, and yet he can discern that the people here, by all these statues they're idolatrous they are religious they they are superstitious they look at these look at these temples look at these statues and then he comes across a statue that they had made or an altar that says to the unknown god as if they had so many gods that they made one to the unknown god lest they accidentally diss a god that they had not uh, known was there to the unknown god he learned through observation and he meets them where they're at. He learns through just, just discerning. He was a man of prayer. Lord, give me discernment on how to minister to my neighbors, to my family, to my friends, to my co workers. Give me discernment. Show me where they're at. I mean, that's wisdom to know who our audience is. That's wisdom to know who you're talking to. That's wisdom. And it comes from God, and it's available to all of us if we ask. Lord, give me discernment. Give me understanding with this person I'm about to meet or or talk to or share with. Lord, give me discernment on, what, on where they're coming from so I can meet them. That's a difference between a church trying to be seeker-friendly to try to be like the world to win the world. That's lame. That's the days we're living in. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying know who you're preaching to. You know, it's like, oh, oh, I'm going to minister to these punk rockers and they have blue hair let me go dye my hair blue and then they'll really understand what i'm talking about with them about jesus no that's what i mean that's what some dudes do some churches think how can i make this more like disneyland so they'll come i don't think that's disneyland i think that's death to the unknown god he wants to speak to them about wow in a sense don't we say that to the world i want to speak to you about a god that you don't know I want to speak to you about a God that you don't know, but you can know him if you want to. I want to speak to you about Jesus Christ, a God you don't know. You've heard of him, but you don't know him, but you can know him if you repent and give him your heart. You can know him. That's what we're preaching today. Anyone could know the real God, but the truth is people do not want to know the real God because they are afraid of what they may find out. They instinctively know that they will have to give up their sinful lifestyles or pleasures. They instinctively know that they will have to give up the self-life. They know it. The Bible says that the truth is in them, but they suppress the truth and believe a lie rather than the truth. Creation itself speaks that there is a God. They're suppressing it. They know the world knows. That they are in need of a Savior, but they suppress it. They don't want to know Him because they know they'll, they'll have to change their life. And I was in the same boat when I heard about Jesus, when I heard the Word of God being taught for the first time in my life. I was getting pierced by the Word of God, I was being moved by the Word of God, and I just did not give myself to its pulling because I did not want to change. I said maybe later, maybe in the future. I like what I'm hearing, but I just don't think that I can give up the sins that I'm enjoying at this time. That was my thought as a as a young sinner. I thought I thank God I didn't die before I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Thank God. And some of you here may be in that boat where you think you know, yeah. It sounds good, Pastor. I, 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 Jesus sounds good. But I don't want to get to know him just yet because I still want to live the way I want to live. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a deception. Jesus Christ can change you and I like that. All we have to do is come to him and give him our heart. He changes us. I, am a, I, am a, I was blind, but now I see I was lame, but now I walk. I was hunched over, but I had been made upright. I was a mess in every way, perverted, violent, angry. I was a mess. And the Lord Jesus Christ had mercy upon me. He had mercy upon me, and he has changed my life. You can change through Christ. You can change through Christ. But you have to believe in him. Don't run away from a God who wants to be known by you. He's not hiding. He wants to make himself known to the world. So tell them about him, the unknown God. Tell them about him. So many people, the Bible says that for a crust of bread, a man will transgress. A crust of bread. Think about the murders throughout history. How many people have been killed over a crust of bread? Jesus said in Matthew 16, 26, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Our souls are the most costly things that we have. The most costly thing, and only God can save us. So why do people spend their lives trying to seek fulfillment out there, trying to seek satisfaction for for their souls out there? Nothing can satisfy. These Athenians... You know, this is what Paul is hitting at them. Nothing satisfies. Nothing that you've been seeking for here is going to help you. But I'm here to tell you about the one who died and rose again. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it. That's how he begins, guys. He's the creator. I mean, when you're talking to somebody, that puts them in that basket. You're telling them, hey, you were created by God. Whoever you talk to. All of us can tell them that. You know, you were created by God. You talk about, you know, that's either going to be like a refreshing drink or a buzzkill, one or the other. But I think we should say that to people. You know, you were created by God. You were created by God. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. Now, the Athenians, they had faith in all of these idols, these false gods. But they believed that the temples that were there in Athens, like, their gods actually occupied that space. Like, that's where you go to see Zeus, that's where you go to see, see these gods, in their mind, they can, their gods can be encapsulated in these temples. And so Paul is, 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 is teaching them about the true God. Don't you know he made it all? Don't you know that he is not, uh, you know, he is everywhere and not, you know, imprisoned in, in buildings made by us? He's not in prison. God is in his house, but he's also outside of his house and everywhere else. That's not. There's no. That's not an excuse to not come to his house. I'm just saying. You know, God's everywhere. He created all things. That's what he's saying. And he's saying that. Nor is he worshiped with men's hands. Now they did animal sacrifices and they gave gifts to these pagan gods. They'd give fancy clothing, they'd give food, they'd give animal sacrifices. They And the Athenians felt, wow, very pious and religious for doing so. And they had a sense of that they were like helping the gods out, like they were appeasing the gods. Because if you don't give God's uh, garments and food and animal sacrifices then obviously they're going to be upset like children and be all upset and mess up your life so they they felt that they that they they needed to appease these kind of gods that were in need of their gifts and what a good reminder that that's not the Lord that we serve are we not called to bring offerings of praise into his house yes Are we not called to bring offerings of of gifts to the Lord and tithes? We are, I believe. Absolutely. We're, We're called to those things. But see, we give of our tithes to the Lord. Not because we're somehow upholding him. And not because he needs our money. That's not why I tithe. I don't tithe and say, Lord, you need this. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He created everything. He does not need my money. What he needs is my heart. And he knows that if I don't honor him with giving him $1 for every 10 that he gives me, that I'm too worried about my money, that I'm too worried about my hardships financially. After all, God, if I give you $1 out of my 10 bucks that you gave me, I'm in trouble. And I put it that way, $10, $1 look at, we should look at it that way because it is by faith we give him stuff not not to uphold him but he he's not raising he doesn't want to raise money he wants to raise godly children and there are there are some of his children who don't trust them with their money or if they do give there's the other children that give tithes and they think oh now god you know i'm upholding you god we're not upholding anybody He's upholding us. We're just giving back from what he has given to us. Because some people get prided out about their ties and stuff. It's like, if it's a pride thing, keep it. But if it's a love thing and an obedience thing, then do it. Because I don't want money to control me, to have that kind of power over me. Oh, I'm hardship, so, you know, Lord, if I wasn't in a hardship, you'd get yours. But I'm in a hardship, so you don't get yours. We're about faith. We're about faith. We're not about... You know, looking at the budget and saying, sorry, Lord, our budget starts, number one, tithe, because I wouldn't have any money if it wasn't for him to pay the other bills anyway. So. And I've shared this before, I was broke for many years, and when I became a Christian, I was still broke for many years, and I was tested whether or not I would love him enough, trust him enough to give him $1 for the 10 that he gave me. And then he started changing things. People started hiring me when I didn't know what I was doing. They just did. Because God works miracles when you honor him. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I don't think they even asked for a resume. I just said, you know what? I'm really good at being there and learning what you teach me. Sure, I know about inventory. Absolutely. Anyways, so he doesn't need our stuff. He doesn't what he needs us is, is, is to be trusting and and, and if we're going to bless his house and bless it unto the Lord and don't think that God is being upheld and that's that's what Paul's telling them that and he has, it says here that nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything since he gives to all life, breath and all things and he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and their boundaries and of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him though he is not far from each one of us and so I like what he says here from one blood he's made us all, from one blood and this is a key factor in 2021 because the left in this country makes Everything about race so much so I have had it up to here can I can anyone say righteous indignation because I have had it up to here I really have if you watch what comes through the tube and you listen to the programs that come out of that box the majority is going to constantly tell minorities that they are being that there's a conspiracy against them in this country, that there's systematic racism in this country. My Bible teaches me that we come from one blood, that there is neither Jew nor Greek. Is there racism in our country? Yes, and there always will be. But you give me one law that's racist, and I will protest that law with you. But the laws of the the book are, are clean, as far as I know. But is there racism? There always will be because this is a fallen world. If there wasn't racism in the world, we'd be in heaven. So why waste all our time fighting something that they are building up every single day and in our classrooms to the kids? It's, it's insane what they're teaching the kids today. They should be teaching the kids today. Do you know that you were, you're from one blood? We are all from one blood. how, How would our kids grow up differently? Whether you're poor or you're rich, God has made the eye of both. Our kids would grow up with so much confidence. But instead, they're growing up all paranoid. It's like, you know, people who are tweaking and paranoid of everything. Because of the tube. Because of what they're pumping to people. Everyone's against you. Everyone's against you. And I say, if someone's against you for that reason... No, God ain't asking you to have a relationship with that person. Pray for them and move on. They're a mess. They need Jesus. But don't think all your neighbors are that way. Don't think all of our institutions are that way. The only thing that's bad now is our, the politics in this country. The the All of our, most of, you know, 99% of our politicians are like corrupt or have no backbone. Because we're not in heaven. It's only going to get worse. But you're here To stand for the truth. Because all around you, kids are going to grow up to think that their neighbors are conspiring against them. And that they need to apologize for being a certain color. It's sad. It's evil, guys. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe it. I was at the city council meeting, and one of the guys there, one of the councilmen, he said... He mentioned systematic racism. All loud like it's just all well-known. This is what it is in our country, systematic racism. I talked to him afterwards, and I go, you know what? In the 60s, the feminist movement, they asked for three things. They asked for for free education, 24-hour child care, and abortion on demand. That's what's wrong with this country. There's no fathers, and women were taught that they can do it without fathers. There's no fathers. That's the issue with our country. There's no fathers. And if there's no fathers, then crime rate is going to go up. And the churches are ranking out. They're not teaching this book. So people don't know their left hand from their right. That's the problem with our society. But Mm -hmm. if we think that it's just no, no, eh, boogeyman's everywhere, okay? God says, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. How are you going to do so if you think that? Stop listening to them. Are there knuckleheads in the world? Of course there are. I don't hang out with them, do you? So they're not my beef. And I, I do, I listen to conservative talk all over the place. Because one blood, one race, the human race, D- different color though. God's an artist, man, you know. And people are funny in every culture. Everyone's, you know, We all have our wonderfully funny things and we Everyone's being canceled, you know. They're trying to mess with uh, Speedy Gonzalez now, and I will not have it. (laughs) For in him we live and move and have our being. And also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Guys, we have our, our movement, our life, our being in Christ. You show me a Christian that is close to Jesus Christ. I don't just mean reading the Bible. I mean reading, praying, and doing. The Bible is clear. If there's no doing of what he says, then there is no doing of what he says. You read what he says. We have to do it. We have to do what he says. And when we do what he says, we make an impact on the world around us. When we just read the Bible, but do nothing Who do we impact? Who do we impact? Therefore, since we are his offspring, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art and man's devising. Oh, the Lord is so able, is he not? He's so able. Don't think that he is petty like silver or gold or artwork. statues. The more I've walked with the Lord and the more I look back to my childhood when my sweet grandmother would take me to Mass in downtown LA and I saw the statues and we would light little candles right there and not one of them ever spoke back to me. We want to be in a place where we understand that God talks to us, that God speaks to us, that God through his word does that that we can know God and he he is he he is not deaf that he cannot hear his arm is not short that he cannot save but our sins have kept him away god loves the prayers of the sinners and wants them to come to repentance and my abuela, who you know obviously had the best of intentions and did the best she could with the knowledge she had god bless her but we who have been taught the word more so we see that he is not to be worshipped or looked upon as if he's just a statue. He's not. He's bigger than that. And faith is evidence of things not seen. We live by faith, not by sight. I don't need a statue to represent uh, my God. It's faith. 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 We ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, something shaped by art or man's devising. Truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained. He has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So God, He's saying here that you know this ignorance of thinking that God can be relegated to a statue or gold or silver. No, 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 no. He's excusing this ignorance, but now is calling people to repent. I think churches should be reformed. If there's something God that we're doing wrong in your church, can you show us? We're in the scriptures where it says, "Don't make statues after my image." Can you show us this as a church, so we don't make statues? Like I just you know reforms are cool. All churches should be open to reforms. But here you know it's a it's a beautiful thing that Paul says but but God is calling commanding everyone to repent. This is something you're not going to you stay home and watch the tube and watch church on TV on Sunday mornings. Very few if any will mention the word repentance at all. Cuz if we tell them they have to change they may not Listen anymore. They may not be here anymore. They may not send money anymore if I tell them they need to change. That's why they don't tell them they need to change. But here, the Apostle Paul is telling these philosophers, these great minds of that time, you need to repent. Wow, it's one thing telling a bunch of poor simpletons they need to repent. He's telling academia, the Harvard, the MIT of that time, you know, you need to repent. Wow, Do you have that confidence in the word of God, in the gospel? That it's that powerful, that nothing can match it? That Paul the Apostle said, I came not in the wisdom of man's word so that the power can be in the spirit of God? He's not impressed. Don't be impressed. Don't seek to please their flesh by showing them something fancy in the flesh intelligent looking in the flesh to paul they said he his his letters are weighty but his appearance is wanting he's a short dude bald <laughs> exactly so that the power can be in god in the lord i know it ruffles it has ruffled some feathers in my ministry i had a couple years of jc college and a. And a diploma from a continuation school in South in Elmani. And that's all that's all you're gonna get. I know, some of some friends and family might you know, yeah. He's the pastor, that guy. It's all good. So that the power is in God. And they heard and when they heard the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, while the, while others said, We will hear you again on this matter. So Paul departed from among them, however, Some men joined him and believed with them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We're so blessed that it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We ask that it would just bear deep roots in our heart and sweet fruit. Help us, Lord, to have no confidence in the flesh.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 10 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicolette Street in Banning. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and just hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills. Above your Sing holy sit upon your